Good morning and welcome to Naples United Church of Christ. My name is Dawson Taylor and I serve as senior minister and it's wonderful to be back with you this morning. We are grateful to have you worshiping with us no matter if you are joining us via Facebook Live, live stream, or joining us through our podcast. We also hope that you'll join us for our virtual gathering place following worship today. You will see in the e-blast that was sent last night, there is a button that you can hit and that will take you right to the place to join us. However, if you can't find that email or if you need another copy sent to you, if you'll stop now and call the church office at 239-261-5469, Wendy or Chelsea will be happy to get another link sent to you so that you can join us. And it's a great way to stay connected to the congregation while we are distanced from one another. We'll need your name, your email address, so that we can make sure that we send it to the right place. I also hope that you'll return virtually to join us this Wednesday at 5 p.m. for the Clergy Roundtable. We continue our sacred conversations on race and privilege. This week, I'll be leading the discussions on chapters 13 through 15 of the book, How to Be an Anti-Racist by Dr. Ibram X. Kendi. I also want to give you a heads up that the last night of the Sacred Conversations on Wednesday, July 29th, we will be receiving questions from the congregation to ask a panel of local leaders. We need those questions submitted to us by Wednesday, July 22nd. If you will, just email us at justice at naplesucc.org. These can be questions that perhaps have arisen during these sacred conversations, questions about things here in Naples or Collier County, but we hope that you'll submit those questions by the 22nd of this month so that we can include them in the dialogue that night. Recently, I had the great privilege of in interviewing and dialoguing with Marion Lambertson, who is the Chief Development Officer at Grace Place. As you know, Grace Place is one of our longtime mission partners. Many of you volunteer and have been so generous to them through the years. And so I sat down to learn about what life has been like in this COVID-19 era. I hope you'll take a few minutes now and watch this interview. And I want to also let you know that the full interview will be available on our website. I'm here with Marion Lambertson, the Chief Development Officer at Grace Place, a longtime mission partner of ours. And one of our mission partners, like so many, if not all of them, that is making such a tremendous difference in our community, especially in this time of pandemic and life post-COVID-19. We were just talking before we began recording about how we are all having to pivot. So we'll hear more about that. But uh, Marion, again, thank you for joining us and, you know, making time, I'm sure, in what's a crazy schedule and time. I know summertime especially, and and you all were sharing with me about social distancing. Um, so tell me, what uh, what is going on at Grace Place this summer? Well, first of all, thank you, Reverend Dawson, for having me and for taking the time to find out what's happening at yeah. Grace Place. You guys have been such an important supporter for us for a very long time, and we really appreciate your commitment to our mission of 
um, breaking that cycle of poverty through educating children and families. And we have not stopped educating children and families despite the COVID-19 pandemic. So I have to brag a little bit about our amazing program staff. Our program staff just immediately pivoted to how can we continue to work with our children and with our adult students to make sure that there is no break in their learning. Um, they spent about a week, no more than that, really uh, creating an online e-learning portal doing Zoom calls like we're doing right now, FaceTiming with our students, on the telephone with our students, and within the first couple of weeks, contacted every single one of our almost 700 families, mainly really to check in, are they doing okay, both you know health-wise, but also financially, because furloughs were occurring, people were being laid off. We then went through a second cycle of doing that and contacting every single family to say, what are your greatest needs? Um, and so, um, you know, I know one of the, the deep griefs that we had was having to suspend the, the food pantry uh, for a few months uh, while we were shifting, but then we're so excited to have that back open. We, we started last month and then we've got it now planned through uh, the rest of the summer. And just to, to begin to, to continue that relationship again and mm -hmm. because I, the number of families that you're serving in the the food pantry i mean it's just astronomical uh, it really that, it's it has grown for sure since the covid19 pandemic began we didn't close our food pantry it was really important that we keep that open because we knew so many of our families as well as other community members because they're not necessarily grace place students mm -hmm. that come to our food pantry but within our own families of, uh, we have almost 700 families, over 400 of those families were negatively financially impacted by COVID-19, either re reduction in, in work hours or loss of job altogether, or uh, which, you know, a lot of people don't think about, a lot of moms had to, or dads had to stay home from work because school was closed. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, there was a real need. So we've seen a, a incredible increase in the number of our families that come to food pantry each weekend and in fact one weekend we had over 600 families but that that's out of the ordinary we normally see right now during the pandemic around 300 or so families each week we had uh, in place prior to this a sort of a, a rule that you could come twice a month we've suspended that so that families can come whenever they want and our food pantry manager, Patty, is an angel um, because for those families that are scared to leave their home, mm -hmm. she's delivering food to their homes. Um, this community is so incredibly giving. Um, and, and one of the things that has struck me since moving to Naples is how collaborative the community is. And so we've worked very closely with Meals of Hope, Harry Chapin, and some of the other organizations to make sure that there was a food pantry every day of the week um, and to communicate out if, if you can't get to Grace Place on Saturday, yeah. go here on Sunday, go here yeah. on Monday, go here yeah. on Tuesday to make sure that no one goes without food because of this. It's so different. So, I mean, what do, you, what do you all see as kind of the next big thing, sure. even if it's next month. I mean, you know, what is, what does life look like now for Grace Place in the future? So, I mean, it's hard to believe that we are now only two months away from school restarting. I know, yeah. Uh, the academic year. And we don't know what that looks like yet. Right.
Um, Dr. Patton is an absolute hero in terms of what she and her team have been able to accomplish. And so we, you know, anxiously await her direction and her guidance on how the Clare County Public Schools will reopen in August. And we will follow suit. Yeah. Um, the other, you know, area where we are really having to do a lot of planning and like you said, throw our old plans out the window has to do with fundraising. We are a nonprofit organization, as you know, and things are changing. We've been incredibly fortunate because of folks like you and your congregation who have continued to give throughout this pandemic. But some of our um, giving has to do with events. And so we have two events each year. We have a golf tournament, which is currently scheduled for November 14th coming up. Um, and golf does not seem to be the issue, but the event after could be the issue. Right. Um, right. And then we have our annual fundraising you know, party sort of a gala event in March. We're hopeful that that will continue um, and, and take place as planned. So but, thank you for the work that you do. Thank you for um, allowing us to help empower you and to partner with you because that's such tremendous, uh, such a tremendous privilege. And so, and then just personally, thank you for taking time today and, and bearing, uh, and all your patience while we get everything worked out here technologically and everything. So, uh, no, I, it's absolutely my pleasure, and I I should be thanking you wow. and your entire congregation for the long term um, commitment and and support that you have shown for Grace Place. This is why we're here um, to to support these families, and and you know we have a passion, just like you do, to ensure that our all of our families are healthy both spiritually, you know, physically, mentally, but also um, that we break a, that cycle of poverty and, and, and they become, you know, great citizens of Collier County. Our hearts are with you. We'll look forward to having you here when we can all be together again safely soon. And uh, we'll look forward to seeing you soon. We Take care that. and Thank stay safe. Thank you so much. All Thank right, you. you too. All right, okay. see you soon. Bye-bye. Okay. Again, it was such a privilege to uh, visit with Marianne, and I'm so grateful for all of the ways that Grace Place is at work in our community. I'm also grateful to you, the congregation, and to Bargain Box, and to our Board of Mission and Outreach. Because of all of those efforts, last week we were able to present a BOMO grant and gift from the congregation to Grace Place for $22,510. You may remember when we first announced this, we have now exceeded $50,000 in giving just since COVID-19 uh, hit this community. And so I'm so proud of you and so grateful for all of the ways that you are making a difference. So continue this great generosity and I'm grateful for all the things that our Board of Mission and Outreach are doing. And we'll have more exciting news as the summer continues to unfold. And so as a mission-driven congregation, let us center our hearts and minds as we prepare for worship this morning. Will you join your hearts with mine in prayer? Let us pray. Loving and gracious God, we continue to give you thanks for the gift of this day. And we ask, O oh God, that in this time of worship that you would speak either through me or in spite of me but that above all else we would hear with clarity 
what it is that you say to us this day. All of this we ask and we trust in your many names. Amen. During World War II, the city of Palermo in Sicily, a military objective of the Allied powers was to bomb, to be bombed by the American Air Force. To warn the Sicilians, they actually began to drop thousands of pamphlets over the city beforehand. The purpose of the pamphlets was to warn the citizens to flee. But the citizens did not believe or heed the warning. They listened, but they did not hear. When the American planes came and dropped the bombs, hundreds of Sicilians were killed. And it has been said that people were actually found clutching the very pamphlets urging them to leave the city. Have you ever listened without hearing? Because listening without hearing is actually, I believe, what Jesus is getting to in our scripture reading for this morning. This parable was spoken at a high point in the ministry and career of Jesus when people were flocking to him in large numbers. It was spoken from a boat because the crowds had gathered and they were so large that they had to send Jesus onto a boat so that he could address the crowds on the shoreline. Bob Wolf, in his book, Friendly Persuasion, tells a great story about former talk show host Larry King. It seems that Larry was a guest on a morning talk show in Dallas, Texas. The woman who interviewed him was a classic host, the kind that asks you a question and then looks in another direction, not really paying attention to your answer. The host had five questions written out by someone, and she just checked each question off as she asked it. Larry noticed that she wasn't listening at all. She was looking at the camera and then at the monitor, but anywhere except him. Her third question in that five-question list was, what do you think is the secret to being such a successful talk show host? As Larry King started to answer, he saw that once again she was looking at the monitor and not paying the slightest bit of attention to him. So he decided to have a little fun at her expense. He responded, In my case, it's the fact that I am an agent of the Central Intelligence Agency. They get me good guests, and I broadcast on my show signal words or coded messages every night for their agents. 
without missing a beat, said Larry King. She fired off her next question. And can you tell us some of the outstanding guests you've had? Larry said that the entire crew started breaking up in the studio with laughter. Jesus was not interested in teaching an agrarian lesson to the crowd that day. Jesus was interested in teaching about people who actually hear his teachings. And I believe that what we find is that Jesus is almost thinking out loud about those who listen and about those who truly hear. Jesus knew that some of those who were listening that day would hear nothing. Others, after listening to him, would make a half-hearted commitment and fall away. A few would be sincere, but then they would get out into the world and waver and wither. And only a handful would truly hear what the child of God would say to them and let it sink into their hearts. Statistics show that most people do not listen well, even in the best of circumstances. And even more, we don't remember much of what we hear. Except, of course, when I preach, I'm sure. <laughs> Studies show that people remember stories. And so I'm sure that's why Jesus used so many parables, a particular kind of story. And that's certainly why I use stories in my preaching. Because we know that listening is difficult. Communication is difficult. The problem could be on the part of the listener or the person speaking or simply the nature of the situation. It's also interesting to note that Jesus' emphasis in this parable is actually not about the sower or the seed, but on the soil itself. Is the condition of the soil receptive to the seed? God is the sower, the gospel is the seed, and the soil is our hearts. The most eloquent preacher or teacher in the world cannot reach the heart that is hardened to the gospel or to life itself if it is choked with the weeds of worldly concern. There is a poignant story about a woman who became frantic when she discovered her daughter was missing while traveling in the Rocky Mountains. The woman thrashed through the woods, screaming her daughter's name. She went back to the campsite and called for help. Within half an hour, a search team had been organized. They began sweeping the area, calling out at regular intervals for the little girl. The woman sat down on a rock for a moment to rest. How would she ever find her little girl. She was listening for her daughter's voice, but she could only hear 
the volunteer search team pounding through the woods, calling out to her daughter and nothing else. Suddenly, she decided that the other searchers were making so much noise that even if her daughter was yelling or, or crying, she wouldn't be able to hear it. And she relayed this information to others, and in moments, everyone was silent. And standing quietly, the woman listened, nothing. She listened harder with every pore of her body, every fiber, every muscle straining to hear the one voice that she would recognize above all others. And then she heard her little girl calling for her. By carefully listening and following the sound of her voice, the woman was reunited with her daughter. And I find myself thinking about the times that we are living in. And I wonder how much listening and how much hearing we're actually doing. I believe that we are working as hard as we ever have as a nation to listen to one another over issues of race and privilege and class. I am deeply grateful to our clergy team and to our justice committee and to this congregation for the, for the vulnerability that is being shown on Wednesday evenings during the clergy roundtable. And I am heartened as people have already begun asking, what will we do next? And still others have shared with me about what they are reading and watching and studying to continue their edification on deeply difficult topics. And I wonder if we are listening to our public health officials. My father turned 70 a week from tomorrow. My siblings alongside my mom have planned a wonderful celebration that included food trucks and live music, family and friends. About six weeks ago, that got scaled back instead to a quiet family dinner. And now even that subdued celebration is postponed. As we do not want to be a threat to one another, especially to my parents and to my nieces and nephews. The safety of our family outweighs the desire for celebration. But those decisions do not come without sadness and disappointment. Yet at the heart of it, as a family unit, we know that we must not only listen to those offering guidance and advice, but truly hear them. Especially as they offer insights into what is happening here in Florida, 
and also in Texas, where my family lives, and so many hospitals at full capacity. Jesus told a parable. A sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seeds fell on the path, and the birds came and ate them up. Other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil, and they sprang up quickly, since they had no depth of soil. And when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and brought forth grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Let anyone with ears listen. Are you listening or are you hearing? Are the messages of Jesus taking root in your soul or are they being scorched because there is no depth or being choked because it is among thorns? My friends, the gospel, the good news for us today and always is that we are loved by a God who yearns for us to hear with our whole heart how much we are truly loved. May that message take root deep, deep in your soul this day.